Chapter thirty seven of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Chapter thirty seven Oaths. The first quality of an oath is that it be true. It is evident that every statement we make, whether simple or sworn, must be true. If we affirm what we know to be false, we lie. If we swear to what we know to be false, we perjure ourselves. Perjury is a sacrilegious falsehood and the first sin against the second commandment. If, while firmly believing it to be true, what we swear to happens to be false, we are not guilty of perjury, for the simple reason that our moral certitude places us in good faith and good faith guarantees us against offending the truth we proclaim under oath is relative not absolute subjective rather than objective that is to say the statement we make is true as far as we are in a position to know all this holds good before the bar of conscience but it may be otherwise in the courts where something more than personal convictions something more akin to scientific knowledge is required he who swears without sufficient certitude without a prudent examination of the facts of the question through ignorance that must be imputed to his guilt that one takes a rash oath a sin great or small according to the gravity of these circumstances it is not infrequently grievous some oaths instead of being statements are promises sworn promises that of which we call god to witness the truth is not something that is but something that will be if one promises under oath and has no intention of redeeming his pledge or if he afterwards revokes such an intention without serious reasons and fails to make good his sworn promise he sins grievously for he makes a fool and a liar of almighty god who acts as sponsor of a false pledge concerning temperance pledges it may here be said that they are simple promises made to god but not being sworn to are not oaths in any sense of the word then again to be lawful an oath must be necessary or useful demanded by the glory of god our own or our neighbour's good and it must be possible to fulfil the promise within the given time otherwise we trifle with a sacred thing we are guilty of taking vain and unnecessary oaths there can be no doubt but that this is highly offensive to god who is thus made little of in his holy name this is the most frequent offence against the second commandment the sin of profane swearing the calling upon god to witness the truth of every second word we utter it betrays in man a very weak sense of his own honesty when he cannot let his words stand for themselves it betokens a blasphemous disrespect for god himself represented by that name which is made a convenient tool to further every vulgar end it is therefore criminal and degrading and the guilt thereby incurred cannot be palliated by the plea of habit a sin is none the less a sin because it is one of a great many vice is criminal the victim of a vice can be considered less guilty only on condition of seriously combating that vice failing in this he must bear the full burden of his guilt are we bound to keep our oaths if valid we certainly are an oath is valid when the matter thereof is not forbidden or illicit the matter is illicit when the statement or promise we make is contrary to right 
he who binds himself under oath to do evil not only does not sin in fulfilling his pledge but would sin if he did redeem it the sin he thus commits may be mortal or venial according to the gravity of the matter of the oath he sinned in taking the oath he sins more grievously in keeping it the binding force of an oath is also destroyed by fraud and deception fear may have a kindred effect if it renders one incapable of a human act likewise a former oath may annul a subsequent oath under certain conditions again no man in taking an oath intends to bind himself to anything physically or morally impossible or forbidden by his superiors he expects that his promise will be accepted by the other party that all things will remain unchanged that the other party will keep faith and that there will be no grave reason for him to change his mind in the event of any of these conditions failing of fulfilment his intention is not to be held by his sworn word and his oath is considered invalidated he is to be favoured in all doubts and is held only to the strict words of his promise the least therefore we have to do with oaths the better they are things too sacred to trifle with when necessity demands it let our swearing honour the almighty by the respect we show his holy name End of chapter thirty seven